Hello there, this is John Doe. Please tune in to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party. It's so many peas, you'll pee your pants. Welcome to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, a Pantheon podcast. Music, culture, conversation, and good old-fashioned rock and roll. So now, I give you Miss Pamela and her pajama party. Hello, dolls, and welcome to Pamela Bar's pajama party. Today, I have a friend on. I'm very happy. I've been trying to get Sin Curran on my show for as many since I've had a show. And he's finally able to come by and he's coming to my house. We're going to sit on the couch and and have a wonderful chat. He was in ministry, uh, the industrial band, actually the founding. And I mean, they invented industrial music. He was with that band for 15 years and he co-wrote a lot of the songs or just wrote a lot of the songs with the wild man, Al Jorgensen. And uh, he's got some incredible stories. He has a brand new band. So I'm very excited to bring you guys Sin Karen. Today to welcome Sin Queer, and I'm very thrilled. You know, he I've been trying to get him to my house for how long now? Uh, years, I years, think. Yeah, years. It's been years. And yeah. there's been a few times you almost arrived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm here. I'm uh, I know. honored to be here. Well, I'm really thrilled to have you. Where, where did we meet the first time? You were in ministry, I believe. Yes, I believe we met. Was it at, um, I don't even think that the Nokia? Yeah, theater? well, I went to the Nokia to see right? you, but I thought I met you before. House of Blues, probably. I, I met you with Al. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then we, and then we also, I think it was the House of Blues we might have met, but we also met at. Um, there was a talk about a movie that was going to be made called The Bridge. Remember? Oh that? yeah, yeah. This, Bob, this guy, this director, we Bobby, be in and, it. and we we met up there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that was we're going that on. Was... Over 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sin has been in many bands, but he's mainly remembered, you know, 15 years in ministry. Yeah. Which is the most powerful and most original industrial band in the world. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, you know, because I used to listen to ministry when I was in high school. Yeah. And um, I remember going to like, you know, some of my, my first um early bands rehearsals you know yeah and i'd be driving there and i'd have ministry cassettes in my car <sighs> and i remember like getting there and talking to the guys and, and just being like listen to the, listen to this band like this is what these guys are doing yeah well, and then fast forward you know years later and i end up in the band and it's surreal i know how did yeah. that take place well i was in a, another band called society one based here in la and um, we had the same booking agent and our one of our old bassists were the same. Mm. So um, in I think it must have been around early 2000s, um, I actually met Al. And uh, what a character. I, oh, my God. There's no one like no. Jorgensen. There's a no one like him. Okay? Complete original. Right? <laughs> and, um, and so I met him and, and he's just like looking at me and he's like, so I hear you play guitar. And I said, yeah. And he goes. Okay, I'm gonna call you one day. And about two years later, he calls me and he says, Hey, I'm putting together he has a, a side band called the Revolting Cop. Yes, love it. Okay. Yep. So 
he was putting the revolting Cox back together mm. and he needed a guitar player. And so he asked if I wanted to come on board. Um, and it was just to do the tour, which was uh, the revolting Cox opening for ministry. Yeah. And yeah, so, I that. yeah. So this is like 2006, uh -huh. 2005 oh, yeah. actually when I went out, he flew me out to El Paso and uh, we rehearsed and then we went on the road in 2006 and um, during that tour, Al and I just became close. And so um, after that tour, ministry went off to Europe. I stayed here. And uh, from Europe, they sent me an email. And he said, hey, you know, do you want to help me write the new ministry album? That, that must have been I, I such, was just like, such a thrill. Yeah, just I, I just it, just talking about it, even still, yeah, I yeah. still get chills, you know, because yeah. it was it was such a, a meaningful thing for me. And um, and I remember I said, of course, as soon as he got back from Europe, they flew me to El Paso again. And I remember showing up with my little Tascam four track recorder. And I had a couple of riffs, you know, song ideas written. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I, I was honestly my mindset was if one of my riffs ends up on an album, a ministry album, like th that'll make my life like I'll be yeah. just so content. Right. <laughs> yeah. I ended up writing half that album Gosh. playing guitar on every track on that album except for one and um and that was it like you know from that point on um i stayed there i finished that one album which which turned into an album called the last sucker <laughs> and then while i was there you know finishing up i thought that um i was going to be coming back home and al says hey um we're going to do another revolting cox album and I said, okay. And he goes, uh, I want you to help me work on it. And I said, okay. I said, what What do you have? What ideas do you have? And he goes, I don't have any. That's your job. <laughs> so, wow. He, yeah. he picked a good and one. So I was like, okay. Um, you know, and I was asking him questions like, what direction do you want it to go in? You know, what, what do you want it to sound like or anything? Give me something. And he was like, just write some like catchy electronic rock songs. That's all he gave me. And so at the time, boy, he was being lazy bones. Yes. At the time, <laughs> there were two studios going in El Paso for him. So while he was mixing the ministry album, which we had just finished, I was in the other studio starting to write the new Revolting Cox album. And um, I just remember I had nothing written. I mean, I was like, you know, I was thinking I was going to come back home. And um, I just started writing. And every two or three days was a new song and a new idea and um finished that album and then i'm thinking i'm going to come back home again <laughs> and he says okay we're gonna do um, a ministry cover song album and he gives me a list of these cover songs and um he goes i want you to learn them he goes and then i want you to make them sound like ministry so here <laughs> I, am. You're playing. Oh my God. I was like <laughs> I was so stressed and so like I wasn't sleeping at night. I had insomnia because I'm thinking like this is a lot on my shoulders. You know what I mean? Yes. I didn't want to like disappoint them. And so I started learning all these cover songs. And um, the first song that we did that I learned was Under My Thumb by the Stones, right? Yes. <laughs> Made it sound like ministry doing that. That's really an exciting yeah. suggestion like exciting thing for him to ask you to do because wow yeah what a what a i mean i can't even imagine turning the but you did it <laughs> yeah and, and well and what's what's crazy about that is that song on that album is um the first grammy nomination that i got how about that which was just blows my mind and I, what, I what year was that this was 2000 nine not that long ago and you got yeah, another nomination got another one the year after that for a live record that we did wow live album that we did. and um yes we did two we got two gram i got two grammy nominations with them the band has so cool. six total god but huh? the band's over six we're like the susan lucci of uh well well <laughs> it's 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 stunning that they were nominated at all because yeah. it's such hardcore it's impossible to describe that kind of music. Industrial doesn't cut it, in my opinion. There's so much more to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, you're 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 right. And um, I mean, just to you know, 
cliche thing to say, but it's so true just to be nominated and just to be yeah, I'm sure in the presence in the category with yeah. all those other guys. Uh, just, who, who else were you nominated with that, were, that you were crazy about? A guitar uh, player? Well, Judas Priest was on oh, one of them. Yeah. I'm a big old school Judas Priest fan. Yeah. And then the next, the following year, we lost one to Judas Priest. We lost one to Metallica. <laughs> so, you know, and we were like nominated with like Slayer and Megadeth. Yeah. Yeah. That style. Yeah. Of, yeah. Know, well, yeah. They, they, you, you were on, you couldn't be pigeonholed really. They had to put you guys somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how the whole thing started. I mean, and, and, you know, it was um, 15 years. Yeah you know, with, uh, with that roller coaster and I mean, you know what it's like. I know. I, I, I interviewed Al and Paul, right? Yes. Yeah. I I interviewed them in Chicago probably 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Cynthia Plastercaster was very friendly with them and, uh, she took me to meet him and we had this, I mean, you don't know what to expect (laughs) with Al at all, but he was nothing like I thought he'd be. He yeah. was so forthcoming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. such a charmer. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. But 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 very unpredictable. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> no, no. Or where it's gonna go. Uh, yeah. yeah. But we really hit it off really great. And for a few years there, I saw I saw him. He he came to a party even. I went to his house. Yeah. But I don't know what happened. Was this out in Chicago or here? No, it was, it's when he moved to L.A. For, moved how, to how long was he here? He was here for well, he was in years. L.A. many years ago, and then he moved. Yes, and then he came back. He went to Texas. Uh huh. He yeah. went to El Paso, and then he came back in 2015. Okay, I haven't seen him so. since then. Oh, really? Well, last time I saw him was when I saw you play with him. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He um the Nokia, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was the Nokia. Was the which I don't even know if that's what it's called now, but it's in yeah, that, it's in that yeah. by the state yes. center. Yeah, that, yeah. That I don't know what it's there. called anymore. Either. I'm sure it's something else. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, just a wild ride. And what year was that? God, that was I years in, and months. Two thousand twelve, thirteen. Wow, that long ago. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, because so Mike was kept still there. Playing with him for a long, long time. Yeah, up until last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year I, I I left. I was, you know, fifteen years. It's, <laughs> it's a long time. It's a long time in any relationship <laughs> in any capacity. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> and it, it it's really weird how how it happened because it was this was, you know, during right before the shutdown, right before the pandemic and all that stuff. So yeah, the last thing we did was the Slayer tour that I did with them was the Slayer you know arena tour and three years ago this month huh. and uh yeah november huh. of 2019 so we did that run and then uh january february of 2020 we were rehearsing to go to australia and japan to play the download festivals and um i, I was still in the band i was still rehearsing with them and everything and then this sickness started I know. you know what i mean like people start getting sick and, uh, and they start talking about all this stuff and this is early 2020 and then literally march 2020 we were still full band rehearsals and um yeah that's the month it was that's when it <laughs> hit the fan i know and we literally were about a week away from flying to australia oh, what when we got bummer. the call when we got the call of yeah it's not gonna happen no. And so, and that was it. And then, you know, the whole rest of the year was just, yeah. you know, we didn't, and we were thinking, okay, well, you know, this will go away in a couple months or something. Oh, we all hope You that, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But that wasn't the case. And so that turned into another year. Yep. And then I got really sick. What in happened? 20, 2021, um, I was rushed to the hospital and I, I felt like I was just, gonna pass out and i've never passed out in my life and um but i was i just did not feel right so i was rushed to the hospital and um the nurse immediately sees me in the er and he goes uh we're gonna check your blood check my blood and he says you need a blood transfusion whoa and i was like that was shocking what (laughs) like never thought i would ever hear those words you know what i mean and um and i'm like what do you mean he goes yeah he goes "You, you need a blood transfusion like right now and so thank goodness you went there yeah and uh you know i'm signing all these 
documents I have to sign and all this shit. And so they hook me up and, and I get a blood transfusion. They keep me overnight and they say, you need a second blood transfusion because your numbers aren't going up. What did they say caused it? Did they have any clue? Well, in the end, I ended up being in the hospital like a week, over a week, three blood transfusions. And I'm like, it was, I I, got to say, I was scared. Yeah. Like, I was really scared because it just, it wasn't looking good. Like, I'm getting all this blood and it's not retaining and, and it just, it wasn't looking good. By the end of it, the doctor that was seeing me at the hospital started going over all my medical records and everything. And he says... Do you know that uh, you're anemic? Are you been anemic? And I said no. And he goes, Yeah. He goes, You've been like anemic since 2014. How, he had records back that far, huh? And so he goes, Your doctor never told you this. I said, No. This is the first I'm hearing about this. So what was happening is somehow in, in 2014, um, my my hemoglobin started dropping, huh. and it had been dropping every year until I hit pretty much rock bottom so so So, you you felt it as weakness and yeah and but i but you know i i was just like i'm just tired i'm just i'm just run down i just do well i do a lot and and i'm like you know i need to just suck it up and you know i just brushed it off you know Uh what i mean not knowing again i'm sure yeah not knowing that i was actually anemic all those years Mm -hmm. and so long story short um I have to take iron supplements now. Right, and, right. Um, and everything's been fine. Are you, you vegetarian know? or something? No. Mm-mm. So, so they don't even know why that occurred. Just like, just like that. Like wow. you know, literally one year to the next, it just it just happened. And um, did it so, do anything to you, like spiritually, or yes? So, so it yeah. it does right when you get closer. So I, what what happened inside your heart and soul? You know it it puts things into perspective as, as, you yeah. know, as things like that usually do. Um, I was home. I had been home, you know, for months because of the the pandemic yes. and yeah. everything like that. So I was already kind of like starting to feel a little more, more grounded at home as opposed to being out on the road all the time. Uh-huh. And um, after huh. that happened, I just, I don't, I just really wanted to be, around my family and around like my very close friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And it just made me, I don't know, you know, it, it made me not want to be gone. Yeah. Like on, on the road. Yeah. You well, know what I mean, a lot of people didn't want to go back to the office either. No. I mean, that was a big shift that happened Huge. from the pandemic. Huge. That, that yeah. yeah. And it makes sense too. I mean, I understand it. And it, you know, it, it, um, I don't know for my entire life, this is all I wanted to do. You know, it was music ever since I was five years old. I want to go all the way back to that. Yeah. So yeah. let's go all the way back to when you decided you wanted to play music. You want to hear this is this is funny. And this, okay. In a weird way, sort of ties in. You you sort of tie into that in a weird way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I was six years old. And so I grew up in a, uh, my, my dad, uh, my parents, both from Mexico. Um, I was born here in, in the States. My dad was a singer in a band in Mexico in the cool. 60s. Okay. That's how he met my mom. Oh, God, how okay. perfect, huh? So uh, <laughs> he did that. He released an album. It had a, like a number one hit song in Mexico. That is so cool. Yeah. And uh, meets my mom. <laughs> She's not crazy about him doing that. Oh, so, no. She didn't have groupie no. mentality. Right. No. So, so anyways, he... Um, they get married. They move to the States. He quits music. He never goes back to it. Right. I'm born <laughs> six years old. So now up until six years old, I mean, I'm, I'm always listening to music at home. My, I'm listening to my dad's, you know, the kinks, the stones, the animals. So they like the real cool music. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I mean, huge. Eric. I mean, I knew who Eric Burden was at five years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I grew up like, like oh, that. Oh so God. I'm um, going to tell you an Eric Burden story you know, nice. before we get done. So Six years old now, my older cousin brings over Kiss Alive. And I'm looking at it. Keep in mind, this is 1975. Mm-hmm. So I'm staring at this and I'm like, what, are they superheroes? And he <laughs> says, he says, well, they're banned, you know, and um, and he drops the needle on the record. Like I have chills right now. Like 
dropped in on record. The first song, Deuce, comes on. And my world completely turned upside down. And I was like completely just entranced in that. And at I said, six years old. At six years old. And I just, um, you know, double live album with the inserts, with the pictures. Oh, yes, it's, it's, it's very child friendly, the vi- visuals and everything. Big time. <laughs> I mean, you know, and so I'm staring at this, listening to that entire album. And I remember every time a solo would come on, I was like, who's that? Because that's Ace. Yeah. Every time, hey, that's Ace, that's Ace. And I, I remember telling them, this is what I'm going to do. At six. Yeah. Right? Wow. Well, let's let's hear Deuce. So that song, I mean, just to to this day, you know, it still takes me back whenever I hear Deuce. It just takes yeah. me back to that first time hearing it. <laughs> I and, get it. And and I was like, I had tunnel vision from that point on. It was just like I, I want to play the guitar, I want to do music, and huh. I wasn't and interested in anything else. How about your dad and mom? Were they okay with it? Or? They were. My parents, very hardworking, very traditional, you know, uh, Mexican parents, very supportive. Uh, my mom to this day is my biggest fan. And she's just means the world to me. That's wonderful. Means the world to me. And, um, you know, very supportive. My dad growing up was kind of like he was, you know, OK with it, but he didn't seem as into it as I would have thought. You know yeah, what I mean? Like thinking, yeah. Sure. Um, but as I got older, I think, you know, we, we I, I kind of learned that he was trying to protect me from certain things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, sure. In the business, and so, um, yeah, it was just like my whole childhood and my whole, you know, as a teenager in school, junior high, high school, played. You know, I was already playing the guitar. I started playing the guitar at ten. And so were you um, popular in no. school because of the well this is this is was funny. I was like kind of a, a loner, uh not very popular in school. We had moved from uh a predominantly Hispanic area to a very white area in Burbank oh. when I was in seventh grade. Okay. And so I'm like huh. the new kid in this school, one of like maybe three Hispanics in the That's entire it? school back then wow and um and so it was a huge culture shock for me mm-hmm. you know and uh again not popular at all <laughs> until i picked up a guitar and played the talent show and then all of a sudden wow what, girl, what, girls are talking to what, me what what grade <laughs> you what, what a surprise eighth grade eighth grade eighth grade play the talent show <laughs> and all of a sudden everyone wants to be my friend well you're good and you're damn good my god i was listening to your new thing you sent me today oh, that's heavy <laughs> but but the the guitar riffs are just like hard 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 Very precise <laughs> but but so great thank you. so oh, thank you so thank you made me want to just you know, get you all excited. Yeah. Thank you very can, much. Thank you. Can, can, well, okay. We'll, we'll come was, back to that. So, so that was sort of a, 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 a turning point for me. I was like, oh, wow. Like the guitar opens up all these other things. Well, you here. know, Gene Simmons, of course, you know, his quote about it. He did it for the girls, right? but you didn't do it for the girls. No, it just happened. Upon it happened yeah. And so, you know, even at that early age, I just kind of, and it always and I always kept that in the back of my mind, you know. I was like, you know, I'm the same person, you know, I was 
before you saw me play, play the guitar. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I always kept that. Uh, you know what I mean? I always kept pretty that. wise for that being. I, I gotta say, for being that age, yeah, I, I was. You know, I always kept that there, and to this day, I mean, you know, um, all all my my years in the business and, and touring and traveling and all that, I always like. There's always, you know. Well, that's good parenting prop too, also, right? Yeah, I think so. It gets instilled. Yeah. Yes. At right. an early age, yeah, I think so. But that was, you know, uh, that was the big sort of introduction into me playing. And I was like, this is it. Like, to me, that was like my drug. I was like, I want that. What did you play that day? Do you remember? Live Wire by Motley Crue. Oh, okay. <laughs> what you remember? Yeah. And then <laughs> the following year, ninth grade, same thing, did the talent show again. And we did uh, You Think You're Tough by Rat. Mm. and um and i you know i wasn't a popular kid like in the in the sort of you know uh popular clique or anything like right, that right. i was in the i was in band i was in concert band marching <laughs> band jazz because i also played the saxophone oh. i played the sax all through junior high and high school huh. and, um can you still play it you know i haven't played it in years but i i yeah i'm <laughs> sure i can i still have my marching band outfit which i'm <laughs> sure i don't fit in Oh, anymore. that sounds sexy. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I don't fit in that marching band outfit anymore, but I still have it. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I was kind of like, you know, a band geek kind of, you know, yeah. guy. And then... Um, did you have long hair then? I did. Yeah. I've always had, even as uh, the pictures of me, uh, three, four years old, my hair is longer than it is now. P yeah, but people so. don't think of long haired guys as geeks, though. Well, I mean, I, no, but I thought of myself as one. Okay, I'm I sure you were not. But uh, yeah, that was one thing my my parents because my dad had long hair when he met my mom, and uh, she always liked long hair on guys. Uh -huh. and so even as a little they came kid, from that you know, era, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was it. And then you know, at 18, started playing the backyard parties, mm -hmm. and then at 19. Uh, the very first club I played at was at the Whiskey, and with, which was which, monumental. What, what band? I was in a band called Rampage. Good, very good name. Yeah. There's so much more to say, but let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back, dolls. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back. And um, and was it the same kind of music that you wound up? For the most part, it was like know? hard rock, hard okay. rock. Yeah, it was it was heavy, but not as heavy as you know. Whiskey, though, were you thrilled to play oh the God. whiskey at that age? In me, had you seen bands there yet already? I had. Oh, I saw the Blasters. Best. Oh my God, love Dave them. Phil love them so much with, with Dave and Phil. Yeah. Because I was a big Blasters fan as well. Wow, as I was going to ask you, yeah, the influences. Yeah. And I remember the Blasters, it was the Blasters X. Oh, what a bill! And the Plugs, who uh -huh. turned into Tito 
and the tarantulas. Okay. So that oh. was the bill. And I mean, I was oh, like, what a bill. I was probably around 14, 15, something like that. Well, that's a yeah. mind boggling uh, group of musicians yeah. to see at the whiskey so young. Yeah. And I think, you know, actually coming down here, I thought I passed where the country club used to be. Yeah. Oh, right? Yes. Which yes. I also saw a bunch of like, shows there back I in the day. I saw Prince there. Oh. I know. I leaned on the stage and said, stood in line for hours. He showed up at 2 a.m. to play. Really? That's what he was like. But, what he, year was but you waited anyway. Of course. I don't remember what year. It was probably early, but not, or not, not you know, underpants early. But gotcha. early. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Boxer Prince, you saw him play in the underpants at Flappers. Really? Flippers. Flippers. It was a wow. skating rink. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. he, he played. And I never got to see it. Yeah, he. Oh, you didn't? I never got to see Oh, my God, what a great live show. I saw him many times, praise Jesus. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been, I went to Paisley Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't see him play there. No, this was after he passed. Oh, yeah, this after what? What's going on at Paisley Park that you well, didn't see? Our actually one of the drummers in ministry um, used to work for Prince, and I happened to be in Minneapolis. He was still there, like doing stuff at at Paisley Park, and so he was like, "Hey, what are you doing? Mm. Come down." He just kind of invited mm. me over and, and we just kind of saw, he showed me around, you know, some spots there. And um, I got to see him at Paisley Park too. Wow. I know. I've been very wow. lucky. It, it happened in such a weird way. I don't know if you're interested in finding sure, out. Of course, of course. <laughs> you know, Don Johnson, the actor, mm-hmm. is an old beau of mine and a very dear friend. And he was seeing Barbara Streisand for a while there. And I was in New York and I, I knew he was staying at the Parker Meridian and I called and I said, can I come up for a few minutes? I have a little time. He said, sure, come on up. And when I got there, it was Barbara was there and Mo Austin. Wow. I know. We hit her there. <laughs> and we were chatting away and I was trying to be cool around Barbara. I mean, some, some people are so iconic of that course. they don't quite seem human, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. so. Yeah. But she was nice. She was very friendly to me all the time. She wanted to be Don's friend. She wanted them to really like her. She yeah. was so crazy about him. Well, wow. He was hot. But anyway, <laughs> I I said, <laughs> I, uh, I said, yeah, I'm on my way to Minneapolis. My, I'm going, I was, I was promoting my third book, I think, mm. second, third one. And God, I've got, I hear Prince is playing. I got to give anything to go to Paisley Park. And I didn't even think, realize I was talking to Mo Austin about right, it. Right, sure. And he said, oh, I can, I'll get you into that. I was like, oh, really? Wow. That was such a great moment to just call Don on a whim and say hi to him. And Amazing. Mo Austin was there. So I got Amazing. to go to that wow. a couple nights later in Minneapolis. Yeah. And he was what a so great, incredible. What a great, like, <laughs> chain of events right oh it's pretty cool that's awesome wow amazing i wish i i mean that's that's one artist i wish i had him hendrix yeah well you were too young for hendrix but... i know i was I, I should i i, I should have been born 20 years earlier i know so people always say to me they're always you know wishing they were hanging out with me in 1966 oh, on the strip you know so what can I ask you something? Yeah, of course. You can ask me. So whatever you want. What's like what was the the first gig you went to? Like club yourself. Oh, club gig. Yeah. Cause the first band I saw was the Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl, which is pretty good. <laughs> but not a bad but, first band to see. <laughs> <laughs> I was fifth row too. Oh wow. My, my one of my girls, one of my Beatle girls' fathers knew someone who worked at the bowl. It was wow. it was miraculous. Wow. But uh, my first like like club gig it was not quite a club. It was the Hollywood Palladium. Okay, yeah. Uh, Captain Beefheart. Oh, really? I know. I was still in high school. His cousin went to my high school, Victor. Wow. And he invited me to meet his cousin, Don Van Vliet. That was a, you, you know you talked to earlier about the life changing moment of hearing mm-hmm. Kiss. Mm-hmm. When I met Don Van Vliet, my whole life flipped over. Really? Yeah. That was it for you. I was Pam. And he said, coming up and down and said, wonderful to meet you, Pamela. I wish there were more people like you. He called me Pamela, said there were wish there were more people like me. I was like, really? (laughs) 
And he told me at that moment, he said, you are a gas. And I didn't know what a gas was, but I wanted to find out. So I, I became a gas sure. for Don Van Vliet. And we were friends all the way through. I've been wow. He was such a recluse, but wow. whenever I could. I Amazing. I was with him one night at the whiskey. And he's not someone who should have taken drugs. He didn't need them. Mm. I was with him one night at the whiskey backstage, and he was snorting these mounds of coke. And I was going, why is he doing that? He's good. He doesn't need to lose his mind, you know. Right. He already right. lost a long time ago, but it, it was weird to be around him on coke. Really? Right. Wow. But he did a great show. Oh, Lord. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And then what was what was the first thing, probably I'm assuming as a kid, that you saw or heard? As a kid? Yeah. Elvis. Were, were you, was it Elvis? It was That's what Elvis. I thought. Yeah. But it was Elvis. Do you remember, like... Do I remember? Just the like exact. Kids. Absolutely. Yeah. My dad uh, often took me to yard sales, garage sales. That's why I still loved a lot of stuff, as you can yeah, see. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, he said, find something, you know, you if whatever you want, just pick something. I'll buy it for you. And there was nothing, no dolls. I was eight and a half, not quite nine. And uh, there was nothing I wanted. And I saw a stack of records. And I picked them up. I chose two. One was Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis mm -hmm. and Jailhouse Rock. But the flip side was Treat Me Nice. Mm. So look out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I came home. I had a little 45 record player. And uh, I put it on. And my life was completely changed. My my mom kept saying, what? can you stop playing that? I played it over and over and over and even at that age i was saying what would one do to treat elvis nice what what could i do and, and i went through life sure. with that attitude about yeah. musicians yeah. <laughs> you can thank elvis for that nice <laughs> wow and now did you ever get to see yeah i saw him twice yeah i had an opportunity to meet him it's in i'm with the band of course but I had just gotten engaged to Michael Debar, mm -hmm. and I I was afraid I I just right. would not have remained true. Sure, of course, yeah, because I, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would have either. I don't feel that way, but um, it was Larry Geller. You're familiar with Larry yeah, Geller? Sure. Yeah, he, he was Elvis's uh, hairdresser and spiritual advisor, mm -hmm. and he was a friend of mine. Mm. And he called one day and said, "Elvis wants some a girl to come up and watch TV with him and the boys." Wow. I just can't Man. do it. And when I told Michael later, he said, "Are you kidding me?" He he said, "Of course you should have done that." Oh, oh wow! But we did get to see him play. I saw, I saw him once with Michael. Uh, actually, his last time he played Vegas, mm. and he still sang like the wow. king he was. Yeah. And I went with Led Zeppelin when he was in the black leather outfit. Wow! Front row in between Jimmy and Robert. Oh my god. I have some great memories. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and we were all just are you kidding? Wow. Blown away. Of it was right after he did that of course. Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I I should have been born in nineteen forty nine as opposed <laughs> to nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. I, I I was born in forty eight. Yeah, see? That's, yeah. that's I often think <laughs> about what it would have been like touring like in the 70s that's like one of my favorite eras to me is the 70s i was a little kid in the 70s yeah but that those are the bands that i you know was was listening to the zeppelins and the you know and kiss and, yep. and all those guys and um well there I, was backstage madness back then which doesn't happen anymore no. or even it, it only happened during 60s probably well sometime into the 80s too with those hair bands but yeah but uh it just and i mean did you ever have all kinds of backstage madness with your band early on yeah yeah like yeah yeah i, I mean I got, the maddest things that happened well i got to like experience <laughs> yeah, a lot of insanity um in the the my first touring national international touring bands band called society one and this was um 20 25 years ago and i think we caught the tail end mm. of that stuff you know what i mean like we caught the tail end of 
us showing up and there would just be a line of girls and just wanting to spend time with us and hang yeah. out with us in all and kinds just, of ways in not, every, in yeah. every yeah yeah not not just a lot of times just to be with just be around yeah you know what i mean yeah. and it was a lot of that and mm-hmm. and you know wow we were like okay <laughs> really like you know uh, the attractive women that just want to be around us sure, you know what i mean it's the energy it's that energy you know you, the music that moves you like that it's almost indescribable the desire and the passion you you want to be with it yeah yeah and it's not you know sometimes when i talk to people and 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 um you know they bring up oh you know it's you know you're talking about groupies and this and that and they they talk about it in a like in a negative way about it (laughs) you you know what i'm saying um but it's like you know there are some people that music touches so deeply yes exactly it's not just the oh yeah i like that song i like that no band. No, no way past that it goes beyond that <laughs> yes you know? almost religious experience yeah. yes. and just so happens that some of those are attractive women <laughs> and they it, it makes i don't know it just it 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 sort of can it creates this sort of I don't know this Symbiosis. circle of yeah this circle of energy yeah. almost oh totally I I love hearing from your point of view because yeah. of course I'm on the other side of that um, but it is it's it's a beautiful full circle moment if it's it's I mean it's always like a reciprocal yes joyous thing to share each other in a sexual way or just like i used to hang out with the rod stewart's band for instance because they played on our record yeah uh, jeff beck group mm-hmm. and you know we just liked hanging out we sure. would go over there and watch soccer on cv that yeah. was a little boring but we would do it anyway <laughs> right but you <laughs> were you know what but, out with them. yeah because you were around i mean for me it felt amazing that something that i wrote Okay. Yeah. Touched someone so deeply that they they want to be just next to me. They want to yeah. be sitting with me. Oh, they want so you know sweet. what I mean. And it yeah. and it and it made me. It almost fueled me to create even sure. more. Well, they're they are muses. Groupies are muses, and and anyone who doesn't believe that hasn't had that experience. Yes. Or does not it's done does not have the humility you have. To understand the the connection for what it is, it's, it, it's very true, and it's not you know, um, it is not simply a sexual thing. That's not what that means. That word means to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. just mean a sexual thing to me. And it was like pulling into town. There are these amazing, amazing people that I've met throughout my years. That you yeah. know. Uh, a and lot you, of you them, can see became, them over and over. yes, I became yes. lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. So that it's just you know, uh, I mean, I can't describe, and I it's hard for me to talk to people that haven't gone through it or experienced it. Yeah, because it's almost like they just don't understand. No, there's no way to understand it because it, it, there's really nothing like it. You know, right now I just had my book option to do a, a series of I'm with the band. And I just pray they get that thing they you're get describing. It. They understand. I should bring you into a meeting <laughs> so you can explain oh. it. Because that that is such a exquisite symbiosis between the muse and the the person who you the way you described it just now. They would just want to be close to you for something you wrote. Of course, that's that's a create that that is your creation being, you know, taken into someone's yes. heart. It's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, sometimes after shows or or whatever, meet people doing meet and greets or whatever, you know, the case every now and then I, I come across some people that just are almost in tears. Yeah. Oh yeah. And those are the ones that you know you've really touched yeah and that and 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 just being around you i mean on on some level that happens to me now people who've loved my books sure and and it's just this you see this you know the feeling you had over kiss when you were little or what it's it's you recognize it yourself because you felt it yourself with it yeah so it's a it's a stunning thing and for anyone who hasn't experienced it pick up the guitar (laughs) 
immediately because it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And um, and yeah, I mean, so so we did, you know, we did get to touch on on some of the craziness of, Mm -hmm. you know, of the that lifestyle and and the whole you know insanity of of being in a band and and the whole backstage thing and and all that stuff and um it, and it was great it doesn't happen so much now no there, there's that i'll tell you for for me it that started or stopped rather or started you know um waning not, yeah started not happening as much yeah. um, i mean easy to, 10 years yeah over 10 years yeah you know why do you think that is well we fear well we used to see it well that um but it used to be real easy to get backstage back in the day now it's it's you know okay you you're getting it they're checkpoints every five feet yeah that's true you know what i mean it's not like before where you know you could just hey you show up early or something hey you just walk in and i don't know it was just it was it was it was a lot different it's It's a different it was a different scene different mindset on everything um i'm glad you got the uh, me too part of that experience (laughs) yeah it was it was amazing (laughs) i mean don't get listen you know for for a kid that didn't get a lot of attention didn't get a lot of attention from the opposite sex Mm -hmm. to then all of a sudden be thrown into yeah and it happened to a lot of a lot of people a lot of these nerdy british boys that i've met in the early on mitch mitchell and noel redding for instance right they were these little tiny hobbit dudes (laughs) (laughs) and they all these just girls just right they just couldn't wait to be with them you know and they're they seem startled at first (laughs) no it it, listen it is (laughs) startling in the beginning you know and it's yeah. like i quickly um i quickly learned to play it off as if okay i'm i'm okay with it i'm cool like i'm i you know this isn't yeah. shocking me right yeah. now even though inside i'm like holy shit like i can't believe you know this yeah. beautiful woman you know what i mean wants to you know hang out with me um but it is it is shocking at first you know when you come from not getting the time of day from yeah from you know yeah I mean, yeah sure, sure sure i get it 100 percent. it's crazy i had to when like for instance i was at altamont with the stones it was a really a horrific stunning day and i mm. i had to pretend i was okay being there so you act as if a lot of the time sure you know you just yeah. have to but yeah. that takes a lot of strength sometimes were you there with the stones that day yeah <laughs> yes and afterwards, and Mick was just saying, "I give up. I can't. I can't do this anymore." Wow. We, they were really. It was me, the Stones, a couple of roadies, Graham Parsons, mm. and Michelle Phillips were the only people in this hotel room afterwards. Wow. And it was an intense, very intense uh, situation. I've I've watched that DVD, that mm-hmm. video. Yeah. I, I can't even tell you how many times. Yeah. God. I know. A lot of people say that was the end of the 60s because the Manson thing happened around the same time. But the 60s went into the 70s. I think. No, yeah. yeah. It definitely trickled over into, into the early 70s there. Yeah. You know, absolutely. But the hard drugs fucked a lot of things up. And I know yeah. you you don't take drugs. Never have. I know. It's just astounding. Never had a drink in my life. I know. I just... How is that even feasible in the world you're in? You <laughs> must... Especially with Al. I know. Especially with Al. You you must have seen so much more than most of your peers. Yeah. Because yes. you could. Yes. <laughs> and I remember everything as well. Yeah. Are you yeah. writing a and book? Then, uh, not yet, but I've been, you I've will. actually been approached by a couple of. You should, because people. you were really there. People can't remember stuff like you I can. I, I mean, wow. And that's, you know, um, I attribute that to in part to uh my parents yeah um did they not drink or take drugs either my dad drank but very casually yeah you know would have a a beer you know uh at someone's at a birthday party or and you never wanted to have a sip no (laughs) my mom same thing very very super light drinkers they never took drugs they never smoked right and so you know I, i that's what i saw growing up right yeah 
A so lot of those I remember, people did those, saw that growing no, up. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do remember um, at about eight or nine or something like that, my mom taking me aside and saying, you know, because she saw how serious I was about wanting to do music even mm-hmm. at that early age yeah and so and i remember i vividly having this conversation with her she said you know what she goes if you want to do music whatever you want to do i will support you in any way you know a thousand percent just don't get involved in like like drugs and stuff like that i remember that huh. right so that always stuck with me at that young age at that said young that age. To you. that's yeah. pretty amazing and then you know uh, at about 13 or so when I started jamming with my you know little buddies and garage you know bands and stuff like that um I was always the youngest I was like 13 the other guys were about 16 17 and I remember the very first time I saw a bong and um (laughs) I didn't know what it was and so uh, we're we're playing and all of a sudden the guys want to take a break and so we're just kind of sitting around and they break out this contraption and I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I was like, I thought it was like an instrument. Like, I had no, this is how, this is how naive I was, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And so, and still am to this day, to be honest with you. And, um, and so they start like smoking, you know, into this thing. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I started noticing how they were acting a little differently. And then they were drinking a lot and stuff like that. And then they passed it along to me and I just pass it to the next guy. And I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to play. Like, let's play. And, and I started to I started to see how their personalities kind of changed a little. Yeah. And I was just so focused on right. wanting to do music. You know what I mean? And I have listen, I, I'm not like I don't I don't like to stand on a soapbox and tell people, don't do this, don't do that. Like that just worked for me. No, you don't seem you like know, that type of I'm not like that at all, you know. And um But did you have peer pressure? I mean, how did Al take it? I was, you know, I was fine. <laughs> surprisingly but this is this is what's funny is i had more pressure from other guys growing up like other friends you know mm-hmm. what i mean um like oh you know come on you know what yeah. are you blah 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 or this yeah. or whatever <laughs> and i was just like no i'm just not interested but i think they saw how cut and dry i was with yeah it. and i'm like it's just not my thing no you, know? you just weren't wishy-washy just about it yeah, at all. yeah just you weren't even tempted no not at all not to this day never just, and um but you know what one of a kind that makes you well, it really does. Did you ever in hear world, in this world you're in? Did you ever hear of Gene's story about when he? Oh yeah, Gene. Some, did, yeah, Gene. When he accidentally uh, had some a pot oh, no. of brownie. I don't know if I did. No, no, no. Oh, so he so he was out on the road right in the seventies, and he was out with. Um, he had just been interviewed uh, by Cream Magazine, and of course, it was a very attractive. Um, journalist that interviewed him <laughs> he ends up hanging out with her that night right they go to some party and he loves chocolate so he devours all these brownies and things like that well Ooh, they, they were milk. laced with with something yes and so he says i was we got in the limo he goes and all of a sudden i felt like i had to yell because i felt like no one could hear me <laughs> He goes, so I'm yelling to this poor girl. He's sitting next to me in the limo. He goes, and I'm yelling that I need milk. So we pull over at a diner. Oh, boy. Because I want milk. So he, they stop. They get milk. He goes, and I'm yelling in this diner for milk. He goes, I get the milk. They put me back in the limo. He goes, we get to the hotel room. And this is back when you actually had to use keys. In yes. He goes, the key... To me, felt like it was the size of an anvil. <laughs> and I couldn't get it in. This is a great story. I'm yeah. surprised I've never heard it. Yeah, he goes, and I couldn't get it into the. <laughs> he goes, so eventually she put me in the room. She put me to bed. I passed out. Yeah. And um, he goes, so that's the only time I've actually been. Yeah, I know he is too. Very, very few people, though. Very few. Very true. And yeah. Frank Zappa, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He yeah. smoked pot one time with Mark and Howard. Really? And, yeah, and and felt nothing. He said that. Oh, really? That's the only time he ever got high ever. Ever. I knew yeah. that about Frank that he yeah. was also very like clean. And, yeah. You know, as far as that, well, like, wasn't into that. Does stuff. it have anything to do? I don't think it does with you, but being a control freak. Sort of. Gene certainly is. Well, and Frank was too. <laughs> I want to say yes, but not like, not a control freak into where 
you know, I'm like um, a dictator with people. Not that those guys, you know, uh, are. Well, Frank was for sure. You know what I mean? But yeah, but it's like I, I need to be in control of myself. Mm, is okay. is what is the feeling? Oh, okay. um, huh. and uh, I know, I, I I know that I have an addictive personality. Like when I like something, oh. I like the hell out of it. You know what I mean? Like I don't want you know I don't want one Reese's peanut butter cup. I want a hundred of That's them. That's my favorite candy. Oh my god! Have you tried Lily's? No, they're the health version. They're made with oh, really? stevia, and you can't even tell it's stevia. Really? So try those. Where do you get them? Lily's, uh, Whole Foods. Okay. Any of those places? Yeah. She makes a lot of good candy, a lot of chocolate. Reese's. Chocolate, yeah, that's the, that's my weaknesses. Well, she chocolate. makes great peanut butter cups. <laughs> So that's like control in that sense. Yeah, is that I always feel like I have to be in control of myself and my surroundings. Mm. And um, and it always freaked me out thinking, okay, if I do this, if I drink this, or if I try that, I might not be in control of myself. And that always scared the hell out of me. Huh. So um, I never wanted that. And I never, I never wanted to throw up, never wanted to get sick. It always freaked me out. So I'm like, why am I going to do this? Because I know I'm going to get to that point. So no, I'm just, I'll stick to, at the time back then, I'll just stick to hanging out with pretty girls. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'll have my chocolate and I'll just have some great company and, and that'll be it for me. You and know what I mean? Guitar. And my guitar, absolutely. Yeah, which was so, with me the whole time. I would like to hear about your new band. And I'd like to play a little okay. bit of that cut you sent me. Great. So tell yeah. me about it. So the band, the new project is called Siglos, which is a, a Spanish word for, it means centuries or lifetime. Oh. And uh, one of the songs that we have is called Por los Siglos. Not the one I sent you, but another one called Por los Siglos, which is a um, a very uh, well-known saying in Spanish, meaning like, you know, um, till the end of time or uh, slow sort of translates into that in english um so when we wrote that first song which is titled por los siglos that word siglo stuck out to me and that's what i decided to name that that project and uh it's all in spanish it's very heavy it's um it has elements of industrial in there um but it goes even way out it goes it, further out there it's you know. absolutely fabulous thank you oh thank yeah you. thank you i mean from the very beginning <laughs> it starts out, it gets you it gets your attention right away you know and it was you know there we we actually are just finishing up a five song ep for that oh, and good. that'll be out in january uh, oh good 2023 so that's good. what i've been working on right now but uh yeah it's a brand new project all in spanish um and hopefully we take it out on the road uh summer of 2023 well, let's hear so, that riff right now. Great. Awesome. love the way you throw your hair around on stage oh thank you i'm glad i still have it <laughs> you have a lot of it I'm glad, yeah i'm glad you know i'm glad i still have it um uh, knock on wood that I don't, it doesn't go away um but uh yeah thank you for uh for playing that, that yes track. well thank you for being my yeah. guest yeah the time flew like like yes. i don't think i've ever had it fly you guys wow that was fantastic awesome loved it can I ask you one more thing? Yes, you can. And of course. When you were on the Oprah show, how what was that? What was the experience like for you? I did Oprah twice. Um, once I was on with Paul and Jean. Yeah. And they hogged the whole show. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot I wanted to say. Yes. 
but they were, you know, especially Gene hogged the show. And he of and I course. were good friends for many years. I haven't seen him in a while, but and and also Jackie Collins was yeah, on the show. Yeah, I remember. And she didn't know a thing about rock and roll. No. She had a written a terrible book mm-hmm. that I reviewed for Rolling Stone. And the, my last line was the rudest thing I've ever been in my life. I said, you know, something's happening, but you don't know what it is. Do you miss Collins? <laughs> I mean, it was so weird, right? I got to thank Dylan for that. But anyway, she was she was on the show, so I really didn't get a lot to say there. I I agree with that. I should have been able to say a lot more. Yeah, I've seen that episode so many. I, oh yeah, I'm, I've I've been on tour in my hotel room watching that over. And over. I love that episode. Really? Yeah. I've only seen it maybe just the one time. Oh, yeah. Because I, 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 I know I only say about five words. I'm in the hundreds <laughs> in, in, in watching that thing. I thought you were great in it. I thought that I, I wish they had showcased you more. Yeah, on me, that. Too. me too. You know, but I, I guess trying to talk over Gene is, is you know, you know how Gene is. And, yes, and, I uh, do. Uh, but uh, okay, let me tell you one Gene story. Mm-hmm. My favorite Gene story, personal Gene. I always have big parties, and uh, you've got to come to one know, for I God's know. sake. I, <laughs> I have these great parties, and this was Christmas, and we had just gotten all our Christmas cards. Michael, I was still with Michael, and I we had them on the mantle. One of them was Gene's Christmas card with his tongue out and all that stuff, <laughs> and it was sitting in front of a bunch of candles and everything. And as he walked through the fucking door, his Christmas card caught on fire. Oh my! <laughs> it's the truth. Oh it's my. the truth. I went, "Hey, look!" I mean, I pointed it out to everybody. It was, and of course, he acted like, "Oh, it happens all the time." Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> he threw out with his tongue. Or <laughs> no, I had to go run over there and die. That's funny. Oh boy! Wow, that's great. Well, thank you again. Thank you. God, thank I you, love Pamela. having you so that much. Sexiest name of anybody uh-huh. I've ever known. You know what my full first name is? I wasn't even going to ask because I just love the name Sin. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> my full first name is Sinue. Ah. Which is S-I-N-H-U-E. And that's an Egyptian name. Oh. Uh, the movie uh, that came out like in the late 50s called The Egyptian. Yeah. The lead character's name was Sinue. Oh, how about that? And my mom saw that movie in Mexico. Oh, and I just love that I name. A boy with the name Sinue, and there you go. Nice. So, yeah. so you didn't even have to make up no. the name Sin. You get that all the time when, when I'm on tour. People are like, oh, what's your real name? You know, Jose. You know, I'm like, no, no, it's it's actually the first three letters of my name. So <laughs> no stage name there. Yay. Yeah. Okay, what would you like to end with? What song would you like to play to all along the watchtower by Jimmy yeah. or Bob <laughs> by Jimmy. Okay. All right. We're going to end with sins requests all along the watchtower. And thank you so much for listening to Pamela day bars, pajama party and sin is here in person. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, been a pleasure. I'm going to come to one of the parties. Okay. Good. To. Okay. Good. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Sam. Thank you. Must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. Wow, what a fabulous conversation. And you know, you always love a fellow who brings you flowers. He brought me a bouquet of lilies. You're my favorite. You know, these little stargazer lilies are the groupie flower, of course, because they're stargazers, in case you didn't get that. And I love the groupie flower. It's my favorite. And Sin brought me some of those. So thank you, Sin. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's been such a blast to have Sin Karen on the show. And I want to mention that I do have a YouTube channel. I have several new videos on there. And what I do is expand on my stories from I'm with the band and my other books. And this most recent one is about my next book, Sex, God, and Rock and Roll, 
well, actually the book after the one I'm working on. Um, so please tune into my YouTube channel and like and subscribe. <laughs> okay, dolls, thank you for listening to Pantheon Podcast, and I'll see you on the radio. You've been listening to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, produced by Aaron Alden and Christian Swain. All sound design by Jerry Danielson and Busy Signal Studios. Find Miss Pamela at Pamela DeBar on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Find all the Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Pantheon Podcasts. Rock and Roll Archaeology on Instagram and Pantheon Pods on Twitter. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.